Well, again, good morning. morning. Happy Easter. I'm excited to celebrate with you all today and join in the realization that the church for 2,000 years has declared with joy and thanksgiving the goodness of Easter morning. Through famines and wars, pandemics and persecution, uh, nothing has stopped us from being able to say, He is risen. So, our text this morning is Luke 24, and we're going to look at verses 13 to 35. If you're not familiar, it's okay. If you want to use one of our Bibles in the seats, it's page 738. 738. Luke 24, uh, verse 13. And the story says this, Now, that same day, the day of Jesus' resurrection, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Now they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus Himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing Him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened there in these days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that He would be the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find His body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that He was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish are you and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did, you not, did, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter His glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them what was said in all the Scriptures concerning Himself. As they approached the village to where they were going, Jesus continued on as if He were going further. But they urged Him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so He went in to stay with them. And when He was at the table with them, He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then, then their eyes were opened and they recognized Him. And He disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while, we, while He talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? They, then they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven with those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and He appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. It's an amazing story. 
one that sometimes we get lost in the details. But for me, it, uh, I was reading a story this week and it reminded me of the story that we just read. And I think the two uh, parallel each other in uh, some, some unique ways that might draw out the story that we've just uh, encountered. Uh, the story that I'm thinking of is a, is a more recent story about a soldier who didn't realize that the war was over. Did you ever hear one of these stories? There's a famous one uh, of a Japanese soldier named Hiro Onada who was 20 years old when he joined the Japanese army just before World War II. He was trained as an intelligence officer, which means he, he was to go behind enemy lines and conduct guerrilla warfare and gather intelligence. Now, on December 26, 1944, Onada was sent to an island in the Philippines to do what he was trained to do. But only a few months after he got there, Allied forces landed on the island and they conquered it. There were only a handful of remaining troops, including Onada, who split up into small uh, camps of two and three and went into the jungle to continue their fight. Most of these groups were quickly found out, but Onada's group remained. They had a knack for staying out of sight and staying alive. And so they continued to use guerrilla warfare tactics. They rationed their supplies so they could continue to carry out their orders because they were told by their commanders, do not quit until we come for you. If you know uh, your history at all, you'll know that just a few months later, on August 15, 1945, Japan surrendered to the Allied forces. The war was over. But these Japanese soldiers didn't know. In October 1945, Onada came across a leaflet made by local islanders who knew that the soldiers were still out there in the jungle. And it said, the war is over on August 15th. Come down from the mountains. Come out of hiding. And Onada and the few remaining troops, they scrutinized this leaflet and in the end, they decided that it was probably Allied propaganda trying to lure them out of hiding so that they could be killed. It's not safe. So they stayed and they continued their mission. A few months later, Islanders had a B-17 bomber fly over the island and drop pamphlets everywhere saying the war is over. And that didn't work. So then they got Japanese citizens to come and wander through the jungle with loudspeakers announcing to them, we're your people, the war is over, come out. Over and over, Onada and his companions thought it was all propaganda. It wasn't true. This has to be some kind of cruel trick, they said. So they continued to carry out their orders. And this went on for decades. Decades. Each attempt was rejected by Onada, who could not believe that Japan had lost the war. And eventually, all of Onada's friends were either killed or captured, not by Allied forces, but by local police, who they thought were Allied soldiers. But Onada himself continued to stay hidden and do his job. Finally, after 29 years in the jungle, in 1974, Onada was found, still refusing to come out, still refusing to lay down his weapon. 
And so they brought, they found and brought his commanding officer from all those decades before who was retired and working in a bookshop by that point. They brought his CO in and who came and told Onada, the war really is over. Come out and surrender yourself to the Philippine government. And so, on March 10th, 1975, at the age of 52, Onada, in full uniform, somehow immaculately kept through all the years, marched out of the jungle and surrendered his weapon to the Philippine president, Ferdinand Marcos. Later in his memoir, Onada says this, we really lost the war. Suddenly everything went black. A storm raged inside me. I felt like such a fool. What had I been doing all these years? Suddenly the storm subsided and for the first time I understood my 30 years as a guerrilla fighter in the Japanese army were abruptly finished. This was the end. I pulled back the bolt on my rifle and emptied the bullets. I eased off the pack that I had always carried with me and laid my gun on top of it. Would I really have no more use for this rifle that I had polished and cared for like a baby all these years? Had the war really ended 30 years ago and I didn't know? If it had, what had my fellow soldiers died for? If what was happening was true, wouldn't it have been better if I had died with them? Onada was devastated to realize that he wasted almost 30 years of his life because he didn't realize that the world he believed in was over. It had ended. A new reality had come to pass, but he didn't believe that it was true. And so he kept living as if the old order of things was still the order that was in place in the world. It's safer to hide. Don't let your guard down. Don't get your hopes up because they might be dashed. Follow the old orders despite the new reality. And I think this is a fitting picture of how many times we come to Easter Sunday. But the good news that we encounter today is that Christ is risen. Which means the old order has passed away and the new has come. So come out. Come out wherever you are. Come out from under your shame. Come out from under your disappointment. From your fear. From your sadness. The risen Jesus is ready to meet you where you are. And the resurrection life is the life that's at work today among us. Even in the most unlikely places in the most unpredictable ways. Every road and every table is an opportunity for God to rewrite your story and give you eyes to see. In Luke 24, we encounter two friends, yeah? Two friends who are walking along a road. And they're walking away from Jerusalem where all these events around Jesus' life have just occurred. And their heads are hanging low and their hopes are dashed. They've just watched their teacher, their leader, their friend, the one in whom they've put all their hopes for a new and better life, handed over to the state for trial. They watched a miscarriage of justice as an innocent man was condemned as guilty. They watched this innocent man who was from God beaten and mocked and killed by the very government that the Messiah was supposed to overthrow. 
And then his body goes missing, and now the women are all talking crazy like he's alive. Things did not go according to plan that weekend. The one that they believed in was supposed to come and renew Israel, not be killed in it. And they're struggling to fit this unbelievable news into the old expectations. It's like a square peg in a round hole. People don't rise from the dead. The Messiah doesn't gain victory by losing His life. Bodies don't just go missing. God isn't supposed to entrust the world's most important event to women. Like, that just doesn't happen around here. What in the world is going on? This new information that they were receiving, it doesn't fit the old paradigm, and so they act on the old paradigm. It's safer to hide. Don't let your guard down. Don't get your hopes up because they might be dashed. So we think of Easter as being filled with joy, but it starts with bewilderment and confusion and disappointment. These friends are walking into darkness. It's a metaphor for the old life that they're going back to. It's a life without the light of the world. They're going back to the old orders despite reports of a new reality. And I I think often we live the same exact way. We've got these old orders, and so we cling to these old stories about the way that the world works based on stories that don't have resurrection at their center. Instead of seeing everything through this new reality of Jesus Christ raised from the dead, we find it easy to live out the old stories, the old paradigms, the old ways. Some of us look at God and see the old order of things. We see a God who is hostile, harsh, demanding, who we're constantly trying to get on His good side, but feel like He constantly wants to do us harm instead of good. Or that God is somehow disappointed with us and we need to prove ourselves again and again and again to Him as if God is saying to us, what have you done for me lately? Or we look at God and we see a God of indifference. A God that we're constantly trying to get the attention of. As if He doesn't notice us. Or we see a God of of meticulous control over every good and bad thing that comes into our life. And we wonder to ourselves, why would a good God allow all these bad things to occur? Some of us look at people and we see the old order of things. We look out at other people and we see enemies, threats, competition for resources or blessing. We see, uh, we see others' successes as being threats to us. We see them as unsafe. People to hide from. People to, to manage our image in front of. Because who knows what they'll do if they see the real me. Maybe we've been hurt deeply by people in the past. And we don't want to come out of hiding. Some of us look at the world and we see the old order of things. We see a world of accumulation and grasping at comfort. We see the rich getting richer. Some of us see Christianity on decline in the West. Or we see social changes and upheaval that bring us fear. What is it for you? Where is the old order of things dominating and ruling? What's keeping you hidden 
in the jungle, unable to come out into the light. We see these things and we think, I guess this is just the way things are. I guess things are just going to get worse and worse. And we think that the Christian hope is that maybe, even though things are getting bad and and going from bad to worse, maybe someday I'll get to fly away to a place called heaven. But in the meantime, I'll cling to my weapon and my resources. I'll go into hiding and I'll trust myself because win or lose, I'm the only one I can trust. Maybe we don't want to be hurt again. But we know, I think, we know deep down that this way of life is leading us into the darkness. Into despair. And we feel the weariness and the isolation, but we think this is our only option. And so we continue to obey the old orders. We cling and we hide and we fight. It was true for these two disciples. That's the way that they're going. And Jesus meets them on the way to darkness and begins to resurrect their story. And I love the way that He starts to do this. One of my favorite aspects about the story is how Jesus responds to their confusion and despair. Because on the one hand, Jesus he starts to draw out their expectations and their hopes. He says, what are these events that have made you so sad? And we, oftentimes we can read that as Jesus sort of being coy or playing dumb. But what Jesus is doing is he, he wants to behold what it is that they want. Their desires. Their dreams. He wants them to, to, to acknowledge those things with Him present so that they can learn over time to place those things into His capable hands. And then we see Jesus uh, meet them in their confusion. When he, when he realizes that they don't, give, they, they don't get it, they're trying to fit the, the, the new information into the old paradigm, Jesus refuses to give up on them. He, walk, he continues to walk on the road with them. He continues to walk through the Scriptures with them. He patiently shows them how it was all leading to Him in the, in the first place. In other words, God is present to the fact that the implications of Easter, they take time to dawn on us. He knows that there's a whole lot of the old story left in us. He knows that it's still operating in our bones. And He knows that the old story has left us battered and bruised. He doesn't look down on us because Uh, The old story is the only way we see things. He doesn't say, get it right, or I'm gone. No, He travels the road with you and leads you to a place where you can see yourself and God and the world in the light of resurrection. He's doing so today. He's doing that work right now. Through stories like this one. These stories that give news of resurrection, they're like a leaflet that we find nailed to a tree that says this world, this world of hostility and self-reliance, it's over. It's gone. Take the risk of surrendering your backpack and your rifle. 
Lay down the relics of hostility and fear that you carry around with you every day of your life. Take the risk of entering into the new reality because it's available to you today. Friends, the good news that we proclaim is that Christ is risen. The old has passed away and the new has come. So come out, come out, wherever you are. Come out from under your shame, your disappointment, your fear, and your sadness. The risen Jesus is ready to meet you right where you are. Because the resurrection life is the, is the real story. It's the real deal. It really is available even if you can't see it. So now every road and every table is an opportunity for this God revealed in Jesus to rewrite your story and give you eyes to see. But friends, in order to see, you've got to come out of the jungle. You have to come out of the jungle. If you stay in the jungle, you're going to think that the war is still going on. That the old way is still firmly in place. You have to give yourself over to the new paradigm, the new story that resurrection is real. How do we do that? I think we come out of the jungle by trusting Jesus right where we are. By staking our life on the new creation that's dawning in our midst. We come out by naming our fear and our disappointments. By holding out our doubts. By identifying the ways that the old order is co-opting our allegiance and controlling our lives. Telling us that the only way to maintain our lives is to fear, hide, distrust, defend. Where are those things at work in you today? What do you fear? What are you hiding from? Where do you distrust? When do you feel like you need to defend? The good news it comes to you this morning like a leaflet that says that the world has changed. That those orders are null and void. So take off your pack. Lay down your rifle. Surrender yourself. There's a new reality that's replaced the old one. Friends, the risen Jesus, He draws alongside you in your real life today with news of a, of a renewed world that is being birthed within the old order. Pockets of resurrection if we have eyes to see it. So this, this Jesus, He comes alongside you and He says to you today, come out, come out. You who are stuck in a dead-end job because the adventure of the kingdom lays before you. Come out, you who don't know what you're doing as a parent and fear that you are screwing up your kids because God cares about your kids far more than you do. Come out, you who are single and don't want to be because Jesus Himself knows what it's like to be alone and He is close to you to comfort you. Come out, you who are lonely and not good at making friends, for God walks with you and wants to teach you a better way. Come out, you who are deeply tired and weep from exhaustion at the end of the day, for God longs to give you rest and meet you there. Your tears are holy. Come out, you who constantly worry about money, for God will provide all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. 
Come out, you who've made a mess of your life. For there is nothing that God cannot forgive and redeem. Come out, you who live in constant pain in your body. For God is coming to heal you and make you new. Come out, you who are ashamed of the body that you have. For God made you and He loves you as you are. You are beautiful to Him. Come out, you who are at the end of your rope, because that's where God lives. Come out, you who don't know how to grieve, for Jesus is patient with you and will walk with you on the road and teach you how to let go. Come out. Come out wherever you are. There is safety and there is belonging in God's kingdom. Everything that you need is available to you as you reach out and trust that Christ is risen. The resurrection life that began on Easter Sunday is the reality that is dawning in the world, even if we don't have eyes to see it yet. It's okay if it takes a little while. There's no pressure. I'm not going to call you up here and say like you have to make some kind of decision. Jesus is far more patient with you than that. For these two friends, it took a while. But eventually they come out of hiding and they go back to the city to the, to the source of their greatest disappointment and fear. But they do so with renewed hope and determination because for them the resurrection is dawn. And that's my hope for you today. It's my hope for me. It's, it's my hope for all of us. Their transformation and ours, it happens around a table. It happens around a table where Jesus comes and takes bread and opens eyes. And we come to that same table this morning. We're going to do it in a few minutes uh, as we respond after the first song of our uh, response time. So I, I invite you, I encourage you, I implore you, come out wherever you are. Come to the table and find Jesus. Receive from Him His presence and His power. Freely given to meet the deepest parts of our need. Where are you tempted to hide today? Come out and meet with Jesus. Come out and feast on Him. He is risen and He is risen for you. For you. For you. The good news we proclaim is that Christ is risen. The old has passed away. The new has come. So come out, come out wherever you are. From under your shame. From under your disappointment, your fear, your sadness. Wherever you are. Because the risen Jesus longs to meet you right there. And He brings with Him His resurrection life in the most unlikely ways to the most unlikely people. Every road now. And every table is an opportunity to meet with the God who rewrites stories and opens eyes. Let's pray. Father, we uh, thank You this morning for resurrection. The old has gone. The new has come. Lord, if we are living in the jungles of fear, self-reliance, antagonism, doubt, pain, isolation, weariness. 
God, would, would we this morning see the, the possibility of a note nailed to a tree that says it's safe to come out now. It's safe. Lord, would we entrust ourselves to You even if it's in a small way this morning, would we entrust that You love us, that You care for us, and that You're dawning a new reality by which we can find all that we need, both in You and in those that are also finding their needs met in You. God, we love You. And we pray the resurrection would dawn on us today. This is the world's true story. Let us live in it. In Jesus' name, amen.